0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18. plus.
0: It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander.
3: Those who believe in analytics.
4: Hour number two of a numbers game right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, and iHeartRadio. Good morning to you once again. If you missed hour number one, you missed a uh, jam-packed hour. Um, let me just uh, start with a recap here of one of our tennis picks in the morning. Not a recap, but an update. Uh, Rinder Knetch, who were on at Plus 102, won the first set. Oh, I thought they suspended the match, we're on, but they've resumed. So uh, no weather there in uh, Lyon, so they're back on serve here in the second set, but we're up a set in that one. First of our four tennis plays. Those were tennis plays from yesterday uh, that we were just about to flash up, but for today, that's the first of four, including a fifth leg, which is a parlay part that you can add on to them, but it's, it's uh, Rinderknecht, which has already started. It's Gatto Montecone is a big dog. It's Johnny as a big dog, and then it's Podoroska as a favorite, uh, still to come, and again, if you don't know those names, Jason will have them in the newsletter, so subscribe to that, Uh, and when I'm talking about uh, tennis, and we're so wrapped up in the bets, I I miss the big picture on this, that's how bettors typically are, but I don't wanna be that guy, Uh, Serena's in action, she looks like she's about to lose, she's down a set and down a break, uh, one game away from losing, she's the number one seed in a clay court tournament in Parma, Italy, so that's not good for her, and the big news in tennis today, really, I buried the headline, it's the return of Roger Federer. Roger Federer played uh, one match in the year 2020 because of knee surgery, played two matches thus far this year, he split them, by the way, he's back in action, he will play at the French Open later this month, he dropped the first set to uh, Spain's Pablo Andujar, but as is typical of Roger Federer, he has uh, come back, broken back in the uh, second set, so Federer not going to go down easily and you could probably count on him being steely the rest of the way but not a pick on either of those two just wanted to put it in context let's bring him in ladies and gentlemen from Yahoo Sportsbook and god knows what else he's doing he's going to have to explain it to me because when i read his twitter feed i feel like i'm a thousand years old it's Preston Johnson how you doing preston i'm good
3: man i'm doing well
4: thank you for having me on can you give the the 22nd You don't have to keep it at 20 seconds, but can you give the thumbnail of of what the other stuff is that you're doing on Twitter? I can't even explain it
3: sure I, i'll try so I, I i wanted to prioritize some flexibility this year after my my contract with a former employer espn um ended mm-hmm. and i wanted to dive into the kind of crypto nft space a little harder and so i've been working with some people the last couple months on actually um making a, a comic based on crypto punks which for people that are unaware, they were the first nft that was ever made in 2017. so they have this historical significance that uh, is pretty big in the space and, and we created a comic based on it and, and there's a lot of extra utility and kind of tokenomics and economics behind it but uh, for the I guess most basic terms is you know we have a comic. I've never written a comic before, but it was uh, a lot of fun and we got a DC Marvel artist to actually draw it out and it's awesome it was pretty professionally done. it was a ton of
4: fun yeah I love that you're doing that. so a comic on cryptopunks, The first NFT that there ever was and uh, helped with a DC comic uh, artist, which, by the way, it looks great. So anyway, I got nothing beyond that. That's the description of what Preston is doing on the side. That's awesome. Um, So you're doing Yahoo Sportsbook. Uh, Do you have play-in fever here, Preston? I'm pretty pumped for these tonight and tomorrow and then uh, the subsequent uh, playoffs. So let's start with tonight. And, uh, obviously, it's the Eastern Conference tonight. The uh, the 10-7 game is first. That's between uh, the the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers. Pacers a three-point favorite here. Washington at Boston to follow. Boston now a two-point favorite. That has gone up a little bit. The winner, and we'll say this one more time, the winner of the 7-10 gets the 7, excuse me, the 7-8, pardon me, gets the 7th seed. So the Washington-Boston winner is in at the 7th seed for the, the joy of playing the Brooklyn Nets in a best-of-seven series. And then the winner of the Charlotte-Indiana game will play the loser of the Washington-Boston game, subsequent to uh, determine who will get the eighth seed and the right to play the Philadelphia 76ers in a best-of-seven series. So that's the deal. And we'll repeat the same thing in the Western Conference uh, tomorrow. San Antonio-Memphis is the 10-7 Golden State. Uh, excuse me, the, uh, the 10-9. Pardon me, it's 10-9 and 8-7. I keep thinking of it as a tournament. So it's the 10-9 <laughs> San Antonio-Memphis and the 8-7 Golden State and the Lakers. The Charlotte, Indiana tip-off, by the way, for those who are, is, is a six thirty Eastern, three thirty Pacific tip-off. So it's a little earlier um, a little earlier tonight. By the way, I'm I'm filibustering because I want to get to my idea and let you roll on this. But it's it's a fascinating uh, format that they've come up with. Um, I'm not sure if we'll have it after this. It could be a one-out thing, but uh, I'm curious as your thoughts uh, to the games tonight. And it is Gil Alexander and Preston Johnson right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo Sling Game Plus, and iHeartRadio. Radio. Take it away, sir. Your thoughts on tonight.
3: So I think... We'll start with Washington, Boston, even though it's the second game, and then we'll get into the other one. So this is interesting. I know the very early openers were plus three, plus two and a half. And then when everything kind of came out yesterday morning, it was it was one. And that's closer to where I thought was fair value, fair number. So I didn't you know, consider playing anything at that point. Now that it's getting pushed back up, and there's some two and a halves now that exist in the market. I think it's a buy on Washington. And it seems rather obvious, I guess, like. It's almost the square side or it's trappy because, you know, we have no Jalen Brown and the Celtics were playing so poorly down the stretch. Washington was great down the stretch. How are they an underdog? But when it's all said and done, I'm just trusting my numbers and I think that this should be about a one point spread. It's very close to a 50 50 game at this point. If you want to say that Brad Stevens will outduel Scott Brooks in a game like this. You're probably right, but it'll probably be in the second half more often than out of the get-go. I think the stat now is that, did you know this, Miguel? The Boston trailed by 10 or more points in over 40 of their 72 games this year. Wow. They trailed by 10 or more. They trailed by 20 or more in a number that was about half that. It was about 20 of their 72 games. They've just been this really strange... Back and forth, up and down team that just can't, can't figure it out. A lot of it has to do with their depth. And um, obviously with injuries, it's going to get hurt even more. But uh, this is a, a team that if you want to you know, kind of fade the Brad Stevens out doing Scott Brooks and maybe go Washington first half instead of full game or, or bet some on each. But uh, I think this should be, now that it's back to two and a half, some spots a little lower, and I like the Wizards there.
4: What's it? So oh, 40 out of their 72 games, they've trailed by 10 points. 10 or more yeah by the way what do you know what the stat is on the wizards because as we do primetime action by the way we do it on msg plus uh, every night that's
3: a good point they're always coming back late yeah there, there's, that's a fair point so yeah, i'm not sure
4: so the celtics thing doesn't surprise me because they've when they're bad they're bad but the wizards it's like five games in one every time they take the court and mm-hmm. as soon as they fall behind you're like don't worry just wait a little while they'll come back then they'll fall back again like so i wonder what it is for them it's interesting
3: yeah, that's uh, fair. That's fair. I'm not sure, but, yeah. uh, it's not 40 out of 72. I don't think, um, there's some Celtics people that were just tracking it and it just got to this <laughs> astronomical number. So
4: the second crazy stat I've heard this morning, the other one has nothing to do with basketball is baseball. When I was walking in the South point, the screens obviously are on in the sports book and ESPN had a, uh, had a stat about baseball. Do you know that 1.24% of all at-bats at-bats are plate appearances. I think it was plate appearances. 1.24% of all plate appearances this year have resulted in a hit-by-pitch. That's unbelievable. Oh, really? That's incredible. I could not believe that. And obviously a uh, horrible uh, hit-by-pitch last night with Kevin Pillar, uh, who uh, has multiple fractures. So anyway, just brief aside on that. All right, but nothing on Charlotte, Indiana tonight?
3: No, I, I want to talk through something now. I, okay. It kind of has, has a little bit to do with the San Antonio-Memphis uh semi-play-in, right? It's, it's a 10-9 matchup, and this, this is what I think is really interesting. This is the most intriguing part of this play-in for me. And I was looking at it yesterday morning, and I'm thinking through, I'm like, all right, this is a, a, a one-off game to get into a you know the playoff, potentially, for one of these teams. There's going to be a lot of sentiment out there that it's like it's very similar to a game seven. And what do we know about game sevens of the NBA? They generally go under the total. These totals were lined a lot more similarly to a regular season number. Uh, this was 229 in the Charlotte, Indiana case. Now it's down to 227. San Antonio Memphis up in 225 and a half, down as low as 221 and a half. And so they've moved quite a bit to the under, which makes a lot of sense in that regard. But one thing I want to recognize is that the narrative that these teams try a lot harder because it's a game seven and people are saying this is going to be like a game seven because it's lose and go home a lot of what has to do with those totals and game sevens going under is that they just saw the team and played them six times in a row and they can schematically defensively optimally play do what the team's tendencies are at least a lot more than they could in a game one or a game two or game three and so on so it's very interesting to see and, and try to quantify how much of game seven unders and just within a series these games going under the total more frequently later and the market actually you know going slowly lower too through game seven how much of it is just they're trying harder because it's game seven versus it's because defensively they get to play the same exact people and the same exact offense over and over and over and so it would be nice if we had some historical comparison to be like hey these one-off 9 10 matchups for the play-in do they go under the total? But we, it's never happened before. We, we, this is the first time. So I I would be more careful and shy, but I'm not shocked to see these blast under. If they keep moving under, my sentiment, my feel would be that there's probably edges betting overs in, in either of them, maybe both of them. I'm going to wait and see, obviously, until mm. uh, later today when when the, when the it tips off how low it might go. Um, But San Antonio Memphis now, if this gets under 220, I, I think that's definitely going to be a worthwhile bet to the other way, which, I, again, the narrative is going to be Oh, well, it's like a game seven. It's you know, they're gonna try really hard. It's gonna be a slower game, blah blah blah. Yes, to some extent, but you know, within reason you have to kind of measure it all.
4: Yeah, I bet it under but like a half point below its peak. I couldn't get it quick enough. Uh so I don't know what it was okay. if it was two twenty six, I have two twenty five and a half. I can't remember what the number was, but I yeah, I have that's but, good. but you're right. If if it gets too low, you know, then then obviously the opposite could be the case. Um Okay. By the way, do you like this format? I, I happen to love it. I thought it was great. The, the, yeah. yeah. It's a – sure. yeah, Now, let me ask you this before we get to the other series that are already determined and see if you have series prices on that. So yesterday I was throwing this around that I thought the, the home stretch of the season that the Clippers played it like a fiddle. They played it perfectly. <laughs> They're like, look, we got this game against Houston – if we they figured out, I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain they figured out that if they lose that game, there's no possible way they could play the Lakers. And then Sunday night against OKC, I think if they were scoreboard watching, they probably figured out if we lose this, uh, we we better lose this because then we will assure that we will ensure ourselves that we don't play the Lakers first or second round. If we win this, uh, different story because then we'll we'll catapult in front of Denver because Denver was getting beat by Portland. And again, it's not mm-hmm. the players on the court who are tanking; it's just. You know, not maximizing your chances to win by players on court uh, in crunch time and and for most of the game. But the Bucks, to me, Preston, and here's where the question comes in: the Bucks, to me, played this all wrong. They went ahead and they beat Miami. Jimmy Butler wasn't playing on Saturday night, and Milwaukee goes ahead and they cru- they they beat Miami easily, and then they sit all their players the final game of the year. Well, it's too late at that point. You let Miami, you know, you 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 gave Miami a loss when. Perhaps it would have been better giving them a win. And people who are listening to this and saying like, "Come on, they don't jockey around for position." All right, maybe you think maybe you think that maybe you think Milwaukee is actually going to crush Miami because it's not the same version of the Heat this year that was last year. But I will say this: if they lose that series, I don't think there's a team that has more pressure in the first round than the Bucs. And if they lose that yeah. series, man, th- that whole coach, that whole front office should be scuttled. Um, I don't know what your take is on that. am I, am I off base?
3: I think so the way that we generally like to think, and I mean uh, betters, just kind of analysts in general, uh, the plus EV way to play this out would have been to punt one of those games away and avoid playing the Miami Heat because you got to give them a four or five spot. Um, I I kind of find myself as an NBA fan just actually appreciating and respecting that they're like we're not scared of Miami. That's fair, and we, they they almost want the rematch, I think, and they think that they're a lot better. I think they realize Miami's also just whatever happened, you know, last year was just insanely crazy bubble shooting and whatever else. And we'll get to that in a second. So part of me respects it. I, I think, yeah, theoretically, you know, GTO game theory optimal. Yes, you don't want to play Miami in the first round. You want to play the Knicks or Atlanta. But uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued now to to see where this goes, and I. I actually have value and I see like minus two sixties, two seventies on series price for the bucks. And I think that's low. I I think they win the series about 76.7% of the time. So uh, I would have this a little over minus 300 personally. And uh, I I, look in the bubble, Miami that Tyler hero broke out. And then now all season, he's been back to regular season Tyler Hero last year. Yeah. You had Goran turned turn into the sixth man of the year for the bubble. Jimmy Butler shot 50% from three in the bubble. He's back to 24% from three. You had Jay Crowder shoot 60% from three in the bubble. He's not even on the team anymore. It's a lot more Andre Iguodala who does not space the floor. And I think this is Milwaukee's time to kind of, you know, say – they, they know they're the better team. They are the better team. And uh, with Drew Holiday is another option to defend Jimmy Butler as well, which is who Milwaukee picked up. And again, I know we kind of forget about it over the course of the regular season. But what hurt Milwaukee, I think, a lot the last two years anyway, is that Mike Budenholzer has this 10-player deep bench that he would always go to. Down 2-3 in a series, he's playing his Pat Connaughton nine, tenth 10th guys. And they traded away some of their bench to get Drew Holiday. And he just won't be allowed to play that many guys anymore. They almost the front us, almost is forcing <laughs> they're saying. Like no, you got to play our seven or eight best just all the time now. Uh, and one of them is Drew Holiday. So I like Milwaukee. I actually think the price is short, and and I respect that they didn't care or you know didn't weren't afraid of this Miami Heat team.
4: All fair. I still I still stand by this. If they lose that series, God help, help them all. Up. And, and, and I will not forget how it ended up this way. That's the 3-6 in the East. You like the Bucks. You see series value on the Bucks. Any of the other uh, already predetermined series uh, that you like here, either the Hawks and the Knicks, the uh, 5-4 in the East, very closely lined, as is the Blazers, Nuggets, the 6-3 in the West, and then, of course, the Clippers, big favorites over the Mavericks in the 4-5 out West.
3: Uh, unfortunately not. Not value on any of these other three. I I think that Hawks, Knicks, Blazers, Nuggets that should go down to the wire. I, I I I think Clippers. I was actually hoping for a cheap Clippers price, just because people are kind of the the sentiments from last year in the bubble and them falling apart versus a Mavs team that was really good, especially post All Star break after they were able to get healthy and get over their their COVID uh, situations that they were dealing with before the All Star break. Uh, but it's it's pretty close to fair. So there's nothing there. I, I'll say this. And this is this is not numbers. It's it's not that I actually ran them uh, yet last night, just kind of figuring out, um, you know, how many games, X amount of time when probabilities, everything I wanted to have value on Blazers Nuggets go seven games. <laughs> it just feels like it's going it to sure and everyone does. wants to root for it to be this back and forth Jokic versus uh, Damian Lillard. It's it's not value. I think the best price I saw for a seven game series is like plus two hundred that it goes seven games. It just wasn't enough uh, for for from a price standpoint. But I'll be rooting for that one. I'll probably be playing a little zigzag ish back and forth if it you know goes as I expect. Uh, but I also say this. I think I, I think Yusuf Nurkic was a player that two years ago was a top twenty, top twenty five guy in the league. And he had a really bad injury. It took him a long time to get back. When he came back, he wasn't quite himself. He was back and forth from playing. Portland's run down the stretch, I think they won uh, 10 of 12 down the stretch. Maybe it was 11 of 13. Uh, In those final six or seven, Nurkic started finally looking like the shell of himself from before. You know, he's averaging, you know, the the, the 15, 10, and five kind of range. And if he's just a a little extra playmaker out of the pick and roll, that Dame Lillard, when teams just blitz him 30 feet away with double teams, if now they have Nurkic up top in the high post they can then go play four on three uh it goes a long way and that's what they were really deadly with uh, years ago and if that's back if he's back and add robert covington as another piece this season norman powell I-, I think they're probably the better roll-rounded team versus denver but um it's really hard to gauge you know just how good denver's been post jamal murray because it was a lot better than i anticipated so i've been a little cautious there um but if, if portland got to say plus 110, 115 range. I, I have this a lot closer to a 50-50 series. So I'll be watching that one closely. I'll, I'll say that
4: too. Wow, not a, not as bullish on the Blazers as some others. Drew Dinsick, who was just on, our buddy Drew uh, Preston, who was just on before us, he has the Blazers minus two and a half games at uh, north of plus $5. So that Blazers. was, yeah, he's very, very bullish on the Blazers. I actually think the Blazers... That might
3: get me over the edge now, yeah. yeah. I, that was the cl- next closest series price for me, other than Milwaukee. You
4: know, yeah, I, I love... I I have a feeling the Blazers might get to the conference finals. I, I am that bullish on them. But I've got the Clippers going, uh, going against the uh, Nets when all is said and done. Um, okay, let me close with this. And by the way, for those who missed it, Preston Johnson, from Yahoo Sportsbook. He likes the Wizards tonight, plus the points against the Celtics, and if that total comes down far enough in the uh, Spurs game tomorrow, the Spurs-Grizzlies game, then he might grab the over on that. But here's the exit question. Of the series that have not been determined, so we don't know who the seven twos and the eight ones are quite yet. We know, obviously, who the 2s and 1s are. Is there a series there that you are anticipating uh, gleefully because you think there might be some value on it one way or the other? You know what? <laughs> or maybe beyond <laughs> like, that, maybe in the second round, maybe there's a matchup.
3: Sure. I, I kind of agree with you. A Portland, Utah matchup and uh, potential semis there in the West, which you were alluding to just a bit ago. The, on the East, I, I'm very intrigued just to see what happens with these nets and all three guys who really haven't played much together at all all year. And, and their first year coach and, you know, where are these guys going to actually be at? If if the Celtics actually, you know, beat Washington, which again, they're a small favorite, so, so maybe they will. That seems like the type of series that some like somehow they rally around each other after they beat Washington tonight. And despite you know limited talent comparatively to, to Brooklyn, Brad Steven just kind of coaches circles around Steve Nash. Wow. And maybe Harden and Duran aren't actually 100 percent healthy. And maybe that goes seven games or something like that. I, I kind of have this. And everyone's riding, you know, the Celtics off. And again, I just think the spread should be one. So if you can get two and a half, I'd do like Washington tonight some. But if, 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 if the Celtics end up winning and, and they're playing in this net series, it's either a sweep, probably, probably <laughs> going to be that. I'm going to look stupid, but I just, I don't know. Something inside tells me that they're just not going to, you know, punt away the rest of the season. And I think Brad Stevens can do some work there.
4: Well, I'll give you that. That's a limb to step out on. That's for sure about the uh, Celtics and the uh, Nets to be that competitive. It goes that way. Uh, and yes, just to clarify, if it if if it goes to two and a half tonight, you like Washington. That's correct? Yeah, it's up a pair of two spots. but okay. are still two. Yeah, we see some two and a halves already, but consensus two. All right, uh got to run, Preston. I appreciate that. But out the door, who should win coach of the year? Tibbs, uh Monty Williams, or Quinn Snyder?
3: I think Thibodeau. I think it's him.
4: It would be Thibodeau.
3: He, he got way more out of this.
4: He did, and they exceeded their season win total by far, by the most of all teams in the NBA. Preston, always great to catch up with you. Congratulations on all the other stuff going on. I love that you're spreading your wings, man. Good to see you. I
3: appreciate it. Take it easy, guys.
4: Preston Johnson, everybody, at Sports Cheetah. Why is his Twitter handle Sports Cheetah, you ask? Because one day, he was on a betting roll, and one of his friends said, man, you're like a sports cheetah. (laughs) Stuck forever. We'll come back. We have some NFL props to get to. Uh, excuse me pardon me nba props exactas from the play-ins look at those on the way a numbers game at vcin the sports betting network Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. It is A Numbers Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Gil Alexander, as the man mentioned. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, here on site in studio, he'll join us tomorrow to talk uh, more PGA Championship. But it is the second major of the golf season this week from South Carolina. Um, So we bring him in now. Happy to have him in studio. Brady Cannon, co-host of Long Shots, which he does with his buddy Wes Reynolds. Do you have... uh, so you don't have play-in-game fever. You have PGA <laughs> Championship fever. Right? A week. I was it's going kind of to wear my
1: Wanamaker Trophy costume this morning, but uh, it's still at the cleaners, so maybe I'll wear it uh, tomorrow or Thursday. You are not above doing that. I know you. <laughs> you yeah, it's a major champion. No, I'm really excited for everything. I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs are underway. Yeah. NBA play-in season uh, tipping off tonight and tomorrow and uh, major championship week. Yeah, no, it's a, a great week and, and a great couple of months ahead of us for sure. I mean, we're only a month away from the U.S. Open. I know. I love this golf schedule where
4: yep. it's it's players' championship, Masters, then the PGA used to be, of course, the last major. It was kind of like a forgotten major at that yeah. point. But now you wedge it in before the US Open and then the Open Championship. Um, And then there's so much after that,
1: too, right? So golf is just... Yeah, the FedEx Cup playoffs. Right. And I think you bring up a good point there, too, when you're handicapping the PGA Championship. Of course, this is a course that they have played at before in 2012 when Rory McIlroy won, really uh, just ran away from the field and won it by eight shots. But that was in the traditional spot in August. And you get that, you know, kind of thunder shower season in South Carolina, and it softened up the golf course quite a bit. Probably not going to be the case this year. Now, they are expecting some rain there on Kiowa Island tomorrow uh, we'll see what that does to the course but uh, really want to keep an eye on the weather because in May uh, you're probably likely to get a little bit more breeze and maybe a drier golf course so I think that that really difficult test that they are looking for may play out more so than it did in 2012 now Rory I think his winning score was 13 under par But everybody else, like I said, he won by eight shots. Everybody else was five, four, three, you know, even par. So it was definitely tough back then as well. So, because weather, and weather, obviously, a huge thing, obviously,
4: in golf this this past week, you could make the case, we were talking about it with Matt Brown on primetime action last night, and Kelly Bidlin and Daniel Avari, that... Sam Burns got the worst of it this past weekend where like the weather in the morning was so much worse than the weather in the afternoon. So he was atop the leaderboard. And so he was at a disadvantage. I don't know if you saw it that way.
1: Well, I mean, I I saw that certainly that was true. Mm -hmm. But I also saw Sam Burns shoot a 62 on Friday, and typically that player will come back to the norm in the following round, and and he did really throughout the entire weekend. He had that one day where he went super low. The golf tournament last week, though, the Byron Nelson, we knew it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be in the neighborhood of 24 to 26 under par for your winner. Ends up 25. Uh, And what's tough about that, you know, I don't really put it on Sam Burns for losing the event. Because of this the way the course played, anybody could have shot 62, 60, you know, and and it turns out that KH Lee ends up your winner. So I I think the results were pretty random. I thought the cream was going to rise to the top and the best players in the field would just, you know, uh, just dominate this golf course. But really, a lot of guys dominated this golf course. KH Lee,
4: 200 to 1 to win the Byron Nelson. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna give us your full PGA picks tomorrow, and you got long shots to do, and so you got a bunch of golf. You'll be immersed in this uh, between now and the uh, the tournament itself. But uh, before you leave here today refresh our memory what you've already bet in terms of outrights.
1: Yeah, a couple of the first bets that I made on this championship were Ryan Palmer at 250 to 1 and Keegan Bradley at 250 to 1, and those guys are much shorter now. Uh, Palmer, not as much. He's probably in the neighborhood of 150 to 1, uh, but Bradley I've seen all the way down to like 80 to 1, And, and Keegan Bradley's been playing great. You talk about Sam Burns. He was right there. Down the stretch was Sam Burns at the Valspar when uh, Burns went on to win Uh, but Bradley's been in great form and Really, his shortcoming throughout his career has been a short game, um, but he's uh, really gaining strokes around the greens as of late. So, If he can do that this week, he's always been a great driver of the golf ball, great iron player. If he can also you know, keep the short game hot this week, I think he's got a real chance. You're going to hear a lot about Passpalum greens. It's not a surface we're used to. We're used to Poana and Bermuda and Bent. We have Seashore Passpalum here at uh, Kiowa <laughs> Island. and Victor Hovland has won two tournaments on this putting surface, and Keegan Bradley's also been very successful on this putting Ooh. surface, so something to take note of. Yeah, for sure. Whenever I hear the word Poana, I only think of you. It's really true. <laughs> Kelly Bidlin has a prop bet usually yes, for how many times I'll mention Poana during a long shots podcast. Let everybody know, if you would, where they can access long shots. Uh, vison.com slash podcasts. We'll record that uh, today in a couple of different slots because we have Dave Tindall oh, from the UK. I love him. Yeah, we always always bring him in for the majors he is a major player for sure so uh it'll be up on the website vison.com slash podcast i would say probably around 6 p.m pacific okay and for those who missed that we'll get your picks tomorrow right here on a numbers game as we'll, we'll be back
4: brady cannon everybody at las vegas golfer by the way on twitter we'll come back we'll get to those nba play-in props next a numbers game at vsun the sports betting network
0: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
4: The NHL and NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VESAN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops insights. Our experts and the entire VESAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on VESAN.com and our daily members only best bet emails. Now's the time to cash in the playoffs. Sign up for your 10-day free trial at vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, And, again, yesterday was just filled with everybody going nuts about tennis. I love y'all. Glad we could all cash together on that. Uh, This one from this morning from Doggy Daddy, the dog fetcher. Gil, thanks for yesterday's tennis winners. Much appreciated. Regular listener. But sometimes I have clients and can't listen live. So thanks to Jason for putting the plays in the daily email. That alone is worth the price of a subscription. So thank you to Jason Kahn for putting that in the newsletter. And again, yesterday it wasn't just the tennis picks, but it was Jason's two dogs on the Rangers and the Giants. Rangers were a huge dog. And then Andy McNeil had two uh, hockey winners on the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. By the way, speaking of that, Andy McNeil has just texted me. He has a hockey pick tonight. Again, the NHL postseason uh, keeps on keeping on, and so does and so do the Vancouver Canucks playing Calgary for no apparent reason whatsoever at 4 p.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. today. Gotta gotta finish those regular season games. It's so weird. Uh, but the play tonight. Now there's three games tonight. It's game two of the Islanders and the Penguins. Penguins trying to even up that series at minus 135. Tampa Bay's at Florida. Tampa Bay with a one 0 lead after their late goal. Um, from Braden Point in that first game against Florida. But the pick is once again in the Minnesota-Vegas game. And ladies and gentlemen, Vegas Vegas Golden Knights fans out there, you're not going to like it for the second straight game. Andy's going with the Wild. So Minnesota at plus 145 is the play. We shall see who Vegas puts in goal tonight for game number two. Should be fascinating. Minnesota plus 145 is the play from Andy McNeil. Uh, continuing uh, with the uh, tweets, and again, all of these at the beating the book, all is appreciated. Uh, this from do, do do. This from Matt Devine. If you had the StatFox reference square on your uh, Gil Bingo board this morning, drink. Yeah, I never mentioned StatFox, but we were talking about umpires, umpire data, historical umpire data with Mark Borcher this morning, so I mentioned that they're a spot that has them. Uh, C.D. Bradley, are you on vacay the first or second week of the French? I'm on vacay the first, I answered him, and then he sent me a tweet of... Uh, Will Ferrell and Elf screaming no. Uh, Wayne Kimmel. Hey, Wayne Kimmel, everybody. VEASAN Live showing us pictures of VEASAN Live on the big screen over there at Circa Sports. Always thank you to Circa for putting us up there. We appreciate it. And then uh, this is interesting. Al Rell tweeted this at Beating the Book. And it's funny because when Preston Johnson was talking about the Celtics and Brad Stevens, there was a voice in my head that that mimicked what Al Rell tweeted me, which was, Why does everyone think Brad Stevens is this genius mastermind coach? And I'm not saying he's not a good coach, but I agree with you that a little bit of the shine has certainly come off Brad Stevens for me as well. Again, what's the first thing I care about uh, for basketball coaches? Foul when you're up three. And Brad Stevens has not shown a propensity to do that every time. So that bothers me to begin with. But he has not been able to get the Celtics out of jams this year. Um, Just hasn't been able to coach them up in a way that you would think would be the case if you're a, to use Al Rell's phrase, mastermind genius coach. Um, And what was that stat that Preston gave? The Celtics have trailed by double digits in 40 of 72 games this year. And I get it, they don't have Jalen Brown now, but they had him most of the year, and that, boy, that ain't good. And we're on primetime action. Matt, Danielle, Kelly, and I were watching Celtics games. They do look horrific some nights. And of course, they were the only team to lose to uh, Oklahoma City in that monster stretch of losses for OKC until, of course, they won the fi- the finale against the Clippers. Um, always appreciate the tweets. All right, so we have some play-in props. Here's the first of them. This is courtesy of Bet Rivers, Uh, For those who are in a Bet Rivers jurisdiction, these are available to you. These are the odds to make the playoffs. Remember, the playoffs are defined this year as who ends up being the one through eight seeds after the play in. So, seven and eight, yet to be determined. Again, the 10-9 tonight between the Pacers, or I should say, the 10-seed Hornets and the nine-seed Pacers. First game tonight. And then, of course, it's the 8-7, the Wizards and the Celtics. Winner of the 7-8 gets the seven-seed. Winner of the 9 10 plays the loser of the 7 8 for the eighth seed. The Celtics and Wizards could be the teams in the end that do get the 7 and 8. We don't know how this shakes out. But here are the make and miss props from Bett Rivers on these Eastern Conference playing teams. The Celtics minus 625 to make it, plus $4 to miss. The Wizards minus 500 to make it. Uh, the Wizards plus 340 to miss. And then it makes sense that this flip flops because the Celtics and Wizards only need to win one of two games. The Hornets and Pacers they would have to win two straight to get into the postseason. So these flip. The Hornets, by the way, we have the Hornets and Pacers flip-flop here on the graphic. The Pacers are actually the nine seed. The Pacers are at plus 320 make. The minus uh, 455 on the miss is for the ninth seed Pacers. And then the Hornets, which we have listed at nine, actually should be 10, is plus 450 on the make, minus 715 on the miss. Is there a bet on this board? And to me, the only possible bet here is the Hornets at plus 450. I might take a flyer on that. Hornets would have to, again, beat the Pacers outright tonight and then beat the loser of the Celtics-Wizards game. But that's the only play there uh, for me. And by the way, uh, for those who listen who are watch primetime action, back in February, there was a prop, and I think it was DraftKings, where the Celtics were 9-1, no they will not make the postseason. So nine to one to miss the postseason. We recommended that bet. The Celtics would have to lose two in a row for those people who jumped on that bet to cash. Here's the Western Conference, this courtesy of bet Rivers, same exact drill that we did moments ago. Um, you go back to the graphic before, uh, Jason, if you could, uh, from Bet Rivers. These are the Western Conference teams. Um, Lakers, minus five thousand on the make, twelve to one to miss it. Warriors, who play the Lakers tomorrow in the second of two. Minus 500 to make it, plus 340 to miss it. Uh, Grizzlies, plus 390 on the make, minus 590 on the miss. Spurs, plus 650 on the yes, minus 1250 on the miss. The only bet I would make here, and we were talking about this again on primetime last night, there's only two bets I would make here. One, the plus 390 on the Grizzlies on the make, again, they'd have to win two in a row. I actually like the Grizzlies more at plus 390 than I did the Hornets at north of $4 to win two straight because I think the Grizzlies take care of the Spurs and they'd be pretty evenly matched against the Warriors. Whenever Jaws on the court, you never know. So I kind of like the Grizzlies plus 390 make more than I like the Hornets make. The only other one you could possibly talk me into here, and this is what we were talking about last night, was just a principal bet the Lakers miss at 12 to one. I don't expect the Lakers to lose two in a row to the Warriors and whoever wins the Grizzly Spurs game, but 12 to one is a ridiculous number for that. So Grizzlies, yes. Grizzlies make, I should say, is my favorite. Hornets make second and then just on a principle, maybe Lakers miss at 12 to one. We have exactas for the play in games. I'll tell you what that's all about. This is fascinating. Coming back on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
4: Join the sports betting excitement with BetMGM, and you can win $100 for a $1 wager on tonight's play-in game between the Wizards and the Celtics. That's an 8-7. And if either team hits a three, you win. Just one three. That's all it takes. Just use bonus code VSIN100 and get in the ring with the king of sportsbooks so that you could turn game time into showtime. Simply download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details. And use promo code VSIN100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. And in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in the state of Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, Our program director, John Goulet, was just saying this off air, and it's so true. If the Pacers were playing the Hornets in the regular season, no one would care. But playing, we're all in. Can't wait for this tonight. By the way, we're just going through the Bet Rivers make or miss playoff numbers. Let's go to our proud sponsor, BetMGM. They too have the will they make it past the play-in tournament uh, market as well. And here are the Eastern Conference teams on the screen at Veasan.com and the Veasan app. And once again, I'll, I'll just sort of reiterate what I said in the previous segment. If there's a bet to be made there for me, it's the Hornets at four to one. Hornets at 4-1. to one. I don't really see another bet on there that I love. And remember, the reason that they flip-flop from 7-8 to 9-10, is the 7-8s only have to win one of two games. 9-10s have to win two in a row. But Hornets, 4-1. And then if we go to the Western Conference teams, this courtesy of BetMGM, uh, it'll be similar in the fact that the, the best bet for me, and I even like it more than the Hornets, is the Grizzlies at plus 375 to make it past the play-in tournament. Here, the Lakers' no is 10 to 1, not quite as juicy as the 12 to 1, but again, a principal bet on the no on the Lakers. You have the onions for that. The Lakers losing twice in the By the way, I would love to see the Warriors beat the Lakers and just have the Lakers have to play a one off for their lives. Okay, now this goes beyond the simple yes, no, will they make it past the play in tournament props that both Bet Rivers and Bet MGM were uh, dishing right there. This is, uh, and shout out to BetMGM for putting this up. This is all four teams to win play-in spots. So follow me here. Again, we'll say it again. 7-8 winners in a 7. 9-10 winner play 7-8 loser for 8. That's how this determines. So we have, courtesy of BetMGM, uh, 10 different combinations of... Four teams making it. The exact four teams. So every one of these but two features the Lakers. Um, that seems to, be, to have been a decision made by what is offered here, right? So every one of these but two uh, features the Lakers. Kelly Bidlin pointed this out last night. You might as well play, if you want to bet the ones without the Lakers, you might as well play the no on the Lakers to miss the playoffs that we just talked about at 12 to one or 10 to one respectively at bet rivers and bet MGM because oh, it's not all of them. Jason's telling me there's there's so all the combinations exist. These are the ones we just chose to put on the screen, but it still holds. Thank you for that clarification, Jason, but it still holds form that if you want to bet one of these, that doesn't feature the Lakers, you might as well just play the Lakers no at 10 to one or 12 to one much more simple they've just got to lose two games you don't have to mess with the other three in the combination but here it is the short shot for the four teams that end up making it as as probably is is justifiable are the seven eights currently all getting in the postseason the playoffs the official playoffs remember these are play-in games tonight and tomorrow night not the playoffs all four of those seven eights getting in the playoffs as seven eights. So Celtics, Wizards, Lakers, Warriors—in other words—would be minus one twenty-five. That's the short shot here. That's the favorite. Everything else is either nine to one or longer, including Celtics, Wizards, Lakers, Grizzlies. So flip flop the Grizzlies in for the Warriors, uh, and Celtics, Pacers, Lakers, Warriors. So flip the Pacers for the Hornets. So those are nine to one. Ten to one, um, it's the Hornets instead of the Wizards. And also the Pacers instead of the Hornets. So, and the Wizards instead of the Celtics. So there's all kinds of combinations here. And so the question becomes, well, it's twofold. One, is the minus 125 justified on the Celtics, Wizards, Lakers, Warriors? Uh, yeah, it's probably justified, but I wouldn't bet that. And so the question becomes what would I bet? I think I would bet that second combination. Celtics, Wizards, Lakers, Grizzlies, cuz I am bullish on the Grizzlies. And I love no one loves the Warriors more than I do. But if I'm betting it, I'll take the 9 to 1 on that before I take the minus 125 on the Warriors being included and not the Grizzlies. That's how I would play that combination. The long shot here. And by the way, is this the longest shot on the board? Uh, we have longer shot than 50 to 1. The 50 to 1, which is the longest shot on the board, is the Celtics, Pacers, Lakers, and Grizzlies, right? Because the Lakers are not included. That can't be the long shot. That's 50 to 1. I would imagine, and you can say in my ear what these odds are to me, Jason. I would imagine the long shot on the board would be all nine tens getting in. So Spurs, you know, oh no, it can't be that way. It has to be one and one or the other. So I would imagine it would be the tens getting in. So it would have to be Spurs, Hornets and then probably the eights, right? So Spurs, Hornets, um, Wizards, and Warriors. What would be the odds on that? 200 to one, says Jason Kahn, producer number seven. Wizards, Hornets, Warriors, Spurs. That's right. So those are 8-10, 8-10. That combination would be 200 to one. Yeah, I'm not playing that. Not not a chance. So the nine to one Celtics, Wizards, Lakers, Grizzlies is I think how I would play this. Again, shout out to BetMGM for being creative enough to put that up. And you just have to say with these play-ins, with these play-in games, um, again, what we were just talking about at the beginning of the segment. You wouldn't care about Hornets, Pacers if it were just a random regular season game, but you sure as heck could compare you know could care about it tonight. And so we'll all have our eyes on it. Uh, I do not have a play in any of the uh, play-in games. With the exception of I took the Wizards on the money line uh, tonight. That's the only play I have in basketball tonight. Um, if I were playing either, if I were playing anything tonight, it would be Hornets on the money line at plus one thirty-five and Wizards on the money line at plus one fifteen. Those bets, just to be clear, are not in my account yet, but I am pondering both of those bets. The dog on the money line in both cases. Um, I hope I don't regret not taking the points in both cases, but I would play them both on the money line. I think we could see an upset or two tonight in the Eastern Conference. Tomorrow, this play is in pocket. I I, uh, mentioned this earlier. I do have a wager on the under in the San Antonio-Memphis game tomorrow night. Uh, I didn't get it at its peak. I got it at a half point less than its peak. So I believe I have 224.5. I didn't get the 225, but I got a a 224.5. I have the under in pocket on the Spurs and Grizzlies, and I agree with what Preston was saying. It's already down to 221.5. If it goes down any further, maybe the value swings to the over on that. But I like my number at 224.5, and And I don't have a play on the Warriors and the Lakers, quite frankly. But uh, a lot of folks I know think the Lakers were way too short when it came out at 4. Remember, the Lakers in two of their games against the Warriors this year absolutely destroyed the Dubs. The only two games the Dubs have lost by more than 25 points this year, both at the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers. Typically, I will not read into regular season head-to-heads with any sort of meaning, but in fact, in this case, it's hard to look away from those results. So Lakers right now still holding steady at minus 4.5, hosting the Warriors. I have no play on that. But again, under on San Antonio Memphis for me tomorrow night and really pondering... The money line plays on both the Wizards and uh, the Hornets tonight, both dogs. Uh, Major League Baseball today. Uh, I do not have any plays, but once again, if you missed it, Mark Borchard is on the Tampa Bay Rays. Patino, minus 145. We talked about this earlier at Baltimore and Matt Harvey. He is also on, uh, by the way, no, he's not minus 145. Pardon me. He's on the run line, minus 1.5 at plus 100. You might even be able to find that at plus 105. So he's on the Rays on the run line, fading Matt Harvey as his first play of the day. Uh, and then his, uh, his second play, he's on the Minnesota Twins, Michael Pineda. At about plus 105 against the White Sox and Lance Lynn, he is on Pineda. So it's the Rays on the run line and the Twins on the money line in baseball. Andy McNeil, as we mentioned, on the wild, plus 145. And let's uh, close the show how we began it with the tennis picks, if we could, Jason, because I want to get these out. And by the way, just let me say again, we're so wrapped up in our bets, we missed the big picture. picture. Serena lost tonight. We didn't have a play uh, on her. Sort of knew to stay away from that. And Roger Federer in his debut, um, not his debut, his debut on clay this year, um, after having played only two matches prior to this in 2021 and one match in 2020, he loses in three sets to Pablo Andujar. So we knew to stay away from that as well. Um, Our play on, and here are our plays right here for the day. Yesterday, again, three and one, including a big uh, dog of almost plus 250. The play on Rinderknecht started at plus 102. We're up a set, and it's 3-3 in the second before that match was suspended in Lyon. So we'll see if that resumes. We're looking good in that one. Gato Monticone, which was our uh, over $3 play there, which is the biggest dog on the board, uh, she dropped the first set to Ludmila Samsonova. So we'll have uh, work to do if we're to get that one back. And the other three have not begun. But the other three are Reka Luka Gianni at plus 225 against Teresa Martinkova. And then it gets a little prohibitive on the favorite, but I love Nadia Podoroska, even at minus 360. That's the one favorite we have on the board against Ocean Doden. So one looking good, one looking not so good, and two more coming. And by the way, the one at the bottom is just sort of a parlay leg. You can throw it in with any of the above. Paola Badosa-Hiber who, by the way, also has the added benefit of, you know, being fun to watch as well. She's at minus 900 over Mihaela Buzarnescu. So that's just the parlay. Good luck with all those plays. Hockey, baseball, uh, tennis, basketball. A lot there to chew on. Lombardi line is next. Uh, Michael not in. He's always off on Tuesdays. But Brady Cannon is in with his buddy Wes Reynolds. And they'll have tons to talk about. Play in and beyond in the NBA. It's VEASAN, the sports betting network. Enjoy. Yeah.